You know, I'm somewhat of a traditionalist. Good afternoon. It's Bills. National football show. Should just be called the national show, but, you know, who am I to say? Because I'm a sports dude. Interleague play? In the opening series for the Phillies, you're playing the A's? Oh, I know, because, you know, they were the Philadelphia A's back in the day. Give me a break. Interleague play? I hate it. I hate interleague play. And I know I sound like, old man, get off my lawn. But I can't stand interleague play. And by the way, Yankees and Red Sox right out of the gate? Holy cow. When's the last time the Yankees were relevant? Let me think. I can't remember. And you're opening with that series. So I Major League Baseball, the NBA all struggle, and the NFL just kicks the shit out of everyone. Just kicks the shit out of everyone. NFL football rules. They're off-season, in-season, when they cover the draft, free agency, all the big deals, Devin Allen. Hey, we're going to be hitting on him and breaking him down. Yeah, whatever, guy. Great hurdler. Wonderful. Made an Olympic team. Fantastic. It's like talking to me about Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, he's a champion. Yeah, I know. He won Olympic medals and he won a national title. How about in the NBA? Oh, no, no. But his resume's littered. I'm like, with non-NBA issues. And on championships in the NBA. But, you know, he was a champion. All right, I guess so. Interleague play with baseball sucks. It does. That's why the All-Star game sucks. That used to be a staple for me when I was a kid. Was baseball's All-Star game? Because those teams didn't get a chance to see one another. It was Phillies and Dodgers. By the way, I think you, I think you undermine the great rivalries in the National League and the American League when you do that. Okay, watch. Phillies and Mets. Back in the day, used to be Phillies and Reds and Cardinals. Those were all great rivals. Now, you know, you play these other teams and it's not so much anymore. But baseball, you see what happens is baseball wants to spread out all their stars because you know what happened? In 1998, when all the great stars were in the National League, like Sosa and McGuire and Bonds, they wanted to make sure that they spread those guys around to other ballparks for other cheap owners to have those guys go through their turnstiles. Baseball is so weird. So weird. And how they look at that. Well, we got to spread it out a little bit here. Bro, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I do like opening week of baseball. There's nothing like it. When you're talking like opening day for a season, there's nothing like, you know, I, I think the opening week of a NFL year is pretty cool. You know, when you do the Thursday and then the Sunday, then the Sunday night and the Monday night games. I I, I love that. Man, but I grew up, I was just telling I was just telling Xander, when I grew up, I grew up on Yankees and Red Sox, and I grew up on Yankees and Mets baseball. I mean, I was a baseball freak when I was a kid. I could tell you more about the game of baseball than I ever could about the game of football. I grew up, and you see, you know what I think is, I think what the case is, I think it's really where you're from. If you're from the Midwest, man, you're Cubs and Cardinals, right? You're Cubs and Cardinals. If you're where we're from, Phillies, Red Sox, 
Yankees, Mets, whatever, <laughs> Orioles, all those teams, Pirates, okay? When I was younger, the Pirates were great. They were great. But I grew up, I grew up, a, like all of us did. I think we all grew up, if you lived in the New England area, you grew up a baseball fan. You didn't grow up a football fan. College football wasn't really relevant. Hell, college football today is still not relevant in New England. Those are pro areas. It's Red Sox. My boy Trevor's online here. Cubs and Cardinals all day. And traditionally, that used to be what used to start the season out. It would be Cubs and Cardinals, dog. Okay? Former Eagle safety has finalized the deal with the Colts. Rodney McLeod is now signed, sealed, and delivered with the Colts. We're going to hit on that. Another guy going somewhere else and starring, huh? Right? McLeod, excuse me. Hey, let me say this to you. One more thing about baseball. Man, when it's humming and it's going, nothing like Major League Baseball. Nothing like Major League Baseball. Tiger Woods is struggling today. I thought he would struggle today in the second round. You know, I had a really great round in the opening round of the Masters. Today he's falling back, but then again, everybody else is falling back. The conditions are really just terrible right now with the wind and such. So we'll see if he ends up making the cut. So, God, there's so much to hit on. My friend from Sports Illustrated, Howard Balzer, Pro Football Hall of Fame, insider and voter, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to him all the things that are going on, especially what's going on in San Francisco. Man, you know what, guys? Let me, let me, hey, maniac, give me a break. Merrill Lynch. Okay. Hey, you know, <laughs> come on, Sills. Okay, relax. But on to me, guy. Oy vey. Oy vey. Look at all of you. You know what? I shouldn't. You know what? I've yearned for this, though. Even Xander did it to me, too. And I know the name of the dude. I just love it because you know why? It's called accountability. Other places, nobody gives a shit. It's all good. Maniac, all good, man. All right. Let's go get Debo Samuel. Let's go get Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel wants a brand new contract. 49ers don't have the money. They don't have the money. They don't have the money. They can't pay them. Only problem is $2 million, I think, under the cap. Aside <laughs> draft choices, they don't have the money. John Lynch is in a pickle here. And some of you would say, Silsy's under contract. Well, I saw Tyree Kill push his ass out of Kansas City. Kansas City had a deal on the table. Kansas City had a contract on the table. Nah. Stefan Diggs. Hey, Rick Spielman, when he was the GM of Minnesota. Okay. Went like this. Hey, get me out of here. I don't want to play here any longer. Moved him. Devontae Adams. Nah, 
I'm not signing your contract in Green Bay. Move me. These wide receivers, man, it costs money now. Go get them. Dude, there's nobody in that draft. Nobody in that draft. Nobody in this current draft. And you know what, folks? There may be nobody in next year's draft that can equal the talent and the versatility of what you could do with that dude in San Francisco. And he is a perfect fit for the birds. Blocks in the run game. Runs in the run game. 1,400-yard receiver. What do you have, 600 yards in rushing yards? That guy is the perfect dude for your offense in Philadelphia. He, there is nobody more set up to be a Philadelphia Eagle than Debo Samuel. Traylon Burks, keep him. I'll take that dude in San Fran. Go get him. You got the money. How many draft picks would you give up for Debo Samuel? Debo's told, by the way, this is not really a fantasy because you know why? You see what Debo Samuel did to all the social media? Unfollowed the Niners, took all of his Niner mentions off of his social media platform, wants nothing to do with it until you get him a brand new deal. Go check it out. <laughs> he unfollowed the Niners. Said, nah, I don't want to, I'm pissed off right now. You know why? Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, and Debo's doing this. Whoa. Hang on for a second here. Why ain't I? You think Tyree Kill's better than Debo Samuel? Me personally? Absolutely not. You think Stefan Diggs is more valuable to a team than Debo Samuel? Absolutely not. Go get that guy. Call John Lynch up and say, what do you want? I have the assets. Next two years, I got four first-rounders. All those second-rounders. Sitting there and signing a stiff like they did today is a ridiculous thing. Birdman, we just signed an Olympic winner. We don't need Debo Samuels. You know, as funny as that is, and as sarcastic as that is, I'm, I'm starting to think that they think that way. Two-time Olympic. I don't give a shit who he is. Can he play ball? Big picking, he does fit like a glove. Why not? Here, and something else, too. The dude they just signed today, what's his name, Devin Allen? Barrett was this morning on the middle, goes, who is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We had to look it up. Oh, yeah, and by the way, he hadn't played. Since like 2016? Is that what it was? Was it 16 or 14? I don't know. Today's signing, Nigel says, is a future gold jacket wear. Let me ask you this, man. And here goes down the point of why you should go after Debo Samuel. You think Devontae Smith helped the growth of Jalen Hurts last year? A rookie wideout. How much do you think he helped Jalen last year 
and becoming a quarterback, a Pro Bowl alternate too. How much do you think a rookie wide receiver helped Jalen Hurts? How much? How much did he help? Some? Very little? I'm thinking more very little. Couldn't find him. Really couldn't help him. Devontae Smith didn't help Jalen Hurts last year. Not really. If you're talking 900 yards helping your quarterback, okay. If that's your expectations in Philly of what a star wideout is, hey, you know what the expectations in Philadelphia is for a wide receiver? Maybe it's right down the line of what Devontae did last year. 80 catches right around there, 950 yards. I guess that's a superstar year for you guys. I mean, that's pretty much what you do anyway. Your top wideouts are right around that number. 88 catches, 90 catches, 900 yards. You don't have 1,000-yard receivers. You don't have 100-catch guys. It's not part of your DNA. So maybe he did help them. I don't know. I can't tell. Because in today's NFL, that's 20 years behind the gate. When you start a season, you want to have playmakers on your Y and Z. You want to have a quarterback that can get you out of trouble when you need it through the air, not through the ground. You see, through the ground, once you're behind 10, it's done. Hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but here's another player. Follow me here. This is another player that's now potentially in a disgruntled situation in a place like Deshaun Watson was in Houston that the Eagles could have used. Didn't want to go down and pay the $230 million guaranteed. Okay. Don't want to pay that kind of money for a star quarterback. And you know what sucks? Eventually, the Eagles are going to have to man up and pay these positions. Or they're never going to win and they're going to keep bullshitting their fans. When the Philadelphia Eagles, can I tell you what you need to be in line with? When the Eagles pay $30 million a year for your quarterback, 20 for your wide receiver, and another 20 for your pass rusher, then you'll be in the game. Or the other alternative is draft Tom Brady. Isn't this what we've learned here? And by the way, I'm not going over and over and over and over the same shit every day about whether Jalen is the guy. That conversation, I'm bored. Boring. If he's the guy in 2022, by the way, Matt Corral's coming in this week. Think he'll be in the weekend here or maybe even today. Okay. No one, I don't know what that means. Oh, maybe it's just another tea leaf to read that you're not really sold on the guy you have after the 2022 season. If you want to read that way, okay, glass half full. Anyway, I don't care. Okay? The draft has Corral. Draft Corral, Devontae Smith is a 1250 guy in his rookie season. I'm not as high as uh, 
Xander is on Matt Corral coming in and all of a sudden just picking up that system there and all of a sudden becoming an NFL prototypical quarterback, throwing for 4,500 yards. I don't know if I see that yet, okay? I don't see that kid as a 4,500-yard pass. I might be wrong, dude. I've been wrong before, okay? That's not what I'm hearing from scouts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that should be an indictment on the kid. What I'm saying here, Xander could be dead right. Shit, man. People like Skip Bayless thought that Ryan Leaf would be better than Peyton Manning. The guy in Atlanta, Jerry Glanville, used to make fun of Brett Favre. Hey, Four, come here. Four, you know what that means? NFL, not for long. Used to make fun of him on the sidelines. Now the guy would go on and win a gold jacket in a Super Bowl and be one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. So that doesn't mean anything. You got to see how these guys get out there and play. All good. Let's go see it. But I'm sick and tired of talking about Jalen the guy or Jalen not the guy. Jalen not the guy, Jalen the guy. Because that's just a cloud for what's going on and cover for what's going on here. Okay, Jalen's your guy. Go get that guy in San Francisco. Go get the guy in San Francisco. Shit, man. You let Tyree Kill go. Why did you get in that conversation? Were you ever into Stefan Diggs' conversation when he wanted to leave Minnesota? I highly doubt it. The Eagles struggle at drafting wideouts. There's only one other organization, in my opinion, that struggles more when it comes to drafting premium wide receivers are the New England Patriots. You know, most of those guys were like Wes Welker, Amendola, and Edelman. Those guys weren't high picks. Their high picks have all sucked. Matt Corral to the rescue? You think Matt Corral could come in and play better than what Jalen played last year with that group of wideouts? That means you don't run the ball as much. You understand that. You know this. Can I tell you what happens? Let's go with Xander's mentality. Say you bring Matt Corral in. You ain't running the ball. That's not why you draft that kid. You don't draft a kid to run the ball 38 times. You draft a kid to throw the ball 38 times. And that's not what the Eagle team does. The Eagles struggle with plus 20-yard pass plays. By the way, how good do you think they are in pass probe? Protecting the quarterback. How good do you think they are in pass protection? You know, the Eagles get this tag of being the best O-line in football, or one of them. How can you tell you don't really have to pass probe that much? You're running the ball 40 times a game. You run the ball 18, 20 times. I don't know. Do you think they're really a good pass protection team? How can you tell? When Wentz was here, he got killed. Wentz held on to the ball too long. All fair. But how can you tell? How can you tell if that unit is really a good pass protection? Wentz got sacked a lot last year, too, with a team that had 1,800 yards rushing by one guy, Jonathan Taylor. GT goes, Sills, do you want another quarterback? Not the ones they have in the draft. If all the quarterbacks that I'm looking at in the draft, I'll keep Jalen this year. You had your chance. Now, look, I'll tell you this. 
If Corral fell to the second or third, I don't know. I might take a flyer on that. You're going to need Barrett's right. I think they're going to be, they're, they're looking at potentially, how about this? His attitude is they're going to use Dillard and Gardner Minshew potentially as trade bait and maybe to get more draft choices as they get closer to the April draft in three weeks. They may use those guys as more opportunity to get more of an issue where you're going to get more draft choices. But I showed you, do you know, according to Pro Football Focus, the Philadelphia Eagles are the worst drafting team, not counting last year's draft, but four years previous to that, the Eagles are the worst team in pro football drafting and landing on players that would potentially become starters. They're the worst team in the league. I posted Pro Football Focus's list on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show, if you don't believe it. And they're one of the worst at finding stars in the draft. I think they're 29th. And I'm the believe because you got more first-round picks that you're going to land on stars. Why? You haven't. You really think Devontae Smith helped Jalen's progression as a quarterback last year? I don't. So drafting another rookie you think helps Jalen. Dude, they're not helping this kid. They're just not helping him. They're not. They're not helping this guy. They're not. Do me a favor. Xander, make sure you send Howard Balzer the link. Appreciate it, brother. Richard, what's the talk in WIP? By the way, I want to show you access. So, like, you know, Xander Xander was, like, he, he, he was telling me about um, the guy who broke the story, you know, with this Devon Allen kid. Howie, just going with all? <laughs> just un, he, turning over every stone to make sure that he looks and tries to find that, you know, that needle in the haystack. What an ass-kissing reporter holy cow jesus criminy man wow dude you what you need for christmas what's this guy's name that reported that that guy needs chapstick a box of it for christmas man you must have chap lips brother oh howie can you believe it he signed a guy who was a former Olympic sprinter, hurdler, whatever. <laughs> and no stone goes unturned with Howie. <laughs> You're, hey man, let me tell you this, man. You're glad I'm here. It- but then again, it never really mattered for me wherever I was. Okay, because I would talk like this all the time. I'd rip reporters all the time going, Jesus, criminy, man. Can you get your exhaust pipe off his engine? Holy cow. <gasps> Can I sit in the front when I'm taking and giving questions to Howie? Man. Oh, my God. What an absolute snowflake. That's the reporters you have in Philly? 
No stone goes unturned. What's this guy's name, this reporter, dude? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. His name should be Chap Lips. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Oh my God, man. <laughs> oh, Howie, man. I cannot believe that Howie would sign a guy who hasn't played in six years. Look at where he finds these guys. Yeah, really. Zach Pascal and is it Devon or Devin? Here's your two free agent signings for Jalen. Devon Allen, who hasn't played in six years, and Zach Pascal. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to take a time out here, man. <laughs> and you get on me for, for screwing up McLeod's name. <laughs> and you got a guy in your market that's on Howie's exhaust pipe. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, mud on, man. Oh, Jesus. Dude, <laughs> this can't get any funnier, man. Matt Corral, rocket arm. Okay, all right. I want Debo Samuel as a Philadelphia Eagle. Okay? Dude, Devon Allen, Zach Paschal, and Devontae Smith. Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll. Hit the like button. It's got to get – I'm hoping it gets better and we have a little more fun here because I, I I can't keep a straight face any longer with this. <laughs> just, I can't. I don't even know where – I can't wait till I get to Atlantic City at Ocean so I we can all sit around. Holy cow. Oh, thank you. Fills up 5 nothing. Thank you. Hey, that's a way to go to a timeout. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Tiger's making a run. He was down... I think plus three, and um, he just hit one. I think he just hit one whole high here, so he'll probably get that bad puppy back to plus one here. So had a rocky start out of the gate, bud. Tiger TV, man. They should just have Tiger Cam because nobody really cares who else is playing. It's just like Tiger Cam. There's certain dudes, man, that you should just have like Tiger Cam or Brady Cam or like MJ Cam, right? I don't really – hey, Swartzel, who? I don't care. It's like asking me who Devin Allen is <laughs> or Zach Pascal. Hey, man, the Eagles, man, I'll talk about, hey, building an offense, that's how you do it. Devontae Smith, Zach Pascal, and Devin Allen, who hasn't played in six years. I mean, jeez, oh, man. Are the Eagles ready to rock and roll? There is an offense, though. And I, I'm going to – by the way, Zach Gertz – I believe he just signed a contract extension with the Arizona Cardinals. So with that being said, let's bring in our friend Sports Illustrated's very own Howard Balzer. I don't know about you, Howard, but in Philadelphia, baby, Devon Allen, I think that's how you say his name, and Zach Paschal. Devon- <laughs> I mean, come on. Does it get any better than that? Hey, who knows? We might all know how to pronounce Devon or Devin Allen's name if this if this works. But what the heck? I mean, you got you got 90 guys you can have in the offseason. Why not take a flyer on on somebody? Eh, just sign anybody. What the heck? Why not? What this the could heck? be a 48-year-old T.O. Why not? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Here, let's let's start there with uh Zach Gertz. Um obviously it looks like a really good relationship since he's been traded to Arizona. That you know, this is some place that Zach wants to play, and this is a place that Arizona sees that there's a future for him, right? So good sign in your opinion? Yeah, I think it was definitely a good signing. And it's it's hard to imagine, Dan, where the Cardinals offense would have been in the second half of last season had they not made that trade. When everything happened with the injury to DeAndre Hopkins and injuries to James Conner and and uh, Chase Edmonds and Rondale Moore, I mean, that that offense was operating without a lot of bullets in that chamber 
uh, because of those injuries, but they had Ertz. If they didn't have him, who knows how, how bad it, how worse it might've even been uh, than it was. But yeah, he, he was, he was happy for that. He, I mean, one key thing is his wife is from uh, Phoenix area. And so she was, she was glad to be back. And so he was, he was hoping all along. I mean, he became a free agent obviously after the season and he was hoping that he'd be able to resign. Certainly he's in his thirties, doesn't have a whole lot of years left, but uh, he's certainly hoping to uh, probably end his career uh, with the Cardinals. And so that was a key re-signing because if they had, i made the point about last year, if they hadn't re-signed him, then that would have created another hole that they would have to figure out a way to fill, whether it was in free agency or the draft. Give me a little insight. Let's go upstairs a little bit. Um, some folks are telling me that there's some issues there with Steve Kime that he'll be suspended because of the DUI. Is that right? That there's still some internal investigation that is going to go on. Will he, will he face any um, punishment, suspension, what have yeah. you for that DUI? Well, the issue isn't with the DUI. I mean, that, that happened four years ago. Okay. And he pleaded guilty and obviously made all the re- apologies. The issue with it is that he was suspended by the team for five weeks. And this all happened right as training camp that was beginning. And the, the DUI occurred on July 4th. So I guess it can be presumed that probably had a little too much at a party on uh, Independence Day and then pleaded guilty a few weeks later and then was suspended. And so part of this you know, burgeoning Brian Flores lawsuit is that Steve Wilkes, who had been hired that year by the Cardinals to be the head coach in his first first season. So he goes into his first training camp and there's no general manager there because he's suspended. And so he's brought, so he was just added to the Brian Flores lawsuit. And he's claiming that during that time, he wasn't able to, you know, they weren't able to make player moves and all that. However, the key here in terms of where there might be some investigation going on is he claimed that the Cardinals at the time were in negotiations with David Johnson, the running back on a contract extension. And he claims that during his suspension, that Steve Kime was participating on whatever level it might have been and helping with that negotiation uh, with David Johnson. So that is where there's some issues that could be additionally explored or investigated by the NFL. So it wasn't about the DUI per se. It was because he was suspended by the team during that time, which was a you know a tough t- first-year coach, doesn't even have a general manager making roster moves and doing this and that. And so – he, uh, he, he felt that he never was really, and I agree with him to a degree, that he didn't really have a chance to succeed there. Uh, but to, to claim that he was a bridge quarterback, I mean, a bridge coach, I mean, why would you do that? I mean, Bruce Arians resigned or retires, you know, after the previous season, and now you're looking for a head coach, and what, you're just going to hire a guy that bridges you to the next coach? How, how much sense does that make? No, I mean, when you hire a head coach, you want to get a head of coach that you think is going to be there for a while. So I don't know if I buy that part of it, but there's no question that he wasn't really given uh, much of a chance. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all what you just said. By the way, one last thing on the Cardinals here. The relationship between Kyler Murray, um, if you're outside of Phoenix, you're hearing it's not really all that hot and that it's not really – in a place where both sides want to be right now, do you think there's tension in the room there where 
I don't want to say force their way out of anything here yet, but I mean, are we in a position where you're looking at that this is a big year for both the team and the player? I think it definitely is. But the thing that's looming over it all, Dan, is this whole issue of a contract extension. And he's eligible for a new contract for the first time after three years uh, playing under the rookie deal. And the team has continued to say, at least publicly, hey, we are committed to this guy long term. You know, he and, and obviously he's joined at the hip with Cliff Kingsbury because I don't think there's any doubt you really wonder if. Cliff Kingsbury hadn't been hired by the Cardinals, would Kyler Murray have been the first overall choice in the draft? There's some serious questions about that. So they're joined at the hip. The question is, though, the team is looking at it and saying, okay, he's made progress. He's played well. He's played great at times. When adversity has come, though, he he hasn't responded the greatest. And some of that was brought on by injury. I mean, he's been hurt in the second half of both of the last two seasons, and his production went down during that time. So you wonder if the organization is thinking, Hey, can this guy at his size playing the way he does stay healthy for 17 games? Because certainly you need that in your franchise quarterback. So the question becomes, can they get him signed? What's that going to look like? I mean, everyone was comparing it to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and 40, 45 million a year and all this guaranteed money. Now you have Deshaun Watson getting the deal he did. (coughs) So a lot depends on, what kind of a hard bargain is the agent going to try to drive? And and what is the Cardinals' true feelings about it? Um, there looks to be some issues when it comes to Debo Samuel and the 49ers now. And it looks like now that Debo has scrubbed his social media platforms, I guess that's the new thing to send messages subliminally yeah. <laughs> to these NFL teams. Everybody, as Kyler Murray did it, and now you have Samuel doing it, where he's taking off, he's unfollowing the 49ers. And I'm assuming here, follow with me here, Howard, if you agree, he sees the money, the $25 million yeah. a year that Tyreek Hill's getting. He just saw the contract extension with Stefan Diggs here. And here's a guy with 1,400 yards, 600 yards rushing, and he is a beast. He's the most versatile wide receiver that we've seen in quite some time. You could do so many things with him. I think he'd be a perfect fit in Philadelphia. And yet the 49ers are $2 million, I think, either under or over the cap. So – there is a money issue here right. for the 49ers and Debo Samuel. How do you think you see this thing uh, resolving itself? Yeah, I mean, you, you raise all those good points. And and the other aspect of it is he's more than a receiver because he's being used as a running back where you're putting yourself much more at risk. I mean, we all know there's always risk when you go on the field to be injured, but there's certainly more risk than when you're just running running patterns and being involved in the passing game than when, being, when you're being used as a running back. And so – you're 100% right. He's seen these contracts that these other guys are getting. He's entering the final year of his contract. And the car, the 49ers are, are sitting there with something like oh, you know, over $25 million counting on the cap for Jimmy Garoppolo. And they got boxed into a corner because of Garoppolo's shoulder surgery, which has now made it very difficult to trade him. So all that money is sitting sitting on their cap for this year. And they also have Nick Bosa. Uh, to take care of whose contract isn't up after this year, but he's in that fifth year option year uh, where they, they make the fifth year option for next season. So the 49ers definitely have some issues. Obviously they want Debo Samuel back, but in terms of figuring out how to take care of him is, is a, is a big question. And you wonder with Debo, Hey, you you go back to Kyler Murray just for a moment. You wonder with him, are they going to report for off season work? 
I mean, what, what's going to happen there? Will, will they use this and say, hey, until I get a new deal, I'm not coming to, I'm not t- participating in the voluntary part of, you know, of the offseason or in training camp. I mean, training camp is mandatory, but you can also not report, but you can also be fine. So there's there, there's a lot of issues there that the 49ers obviously have to figure out how they're going to handle. Obviously, the Garoppolo injury, like you said, has really hurt their offseason, hasn't it? Because, like you said, that $25 million on their cap, I mean, wow, man, it really kind of puts them in a box there. there there's, there's a conversation with the Honey Badger. With Philadelphia, the Saints look like are the first and second option for him. He went and saw the Saints, had a Zoom conference call with the Eagles um, yesterday, Give me your sense of him as a free agent. You think he rolls in? Can he roll into both the Saints and – I mean, the Dennis Allen defense was pretty good. That wasn't the issue last year with the Saints. It was the quarterback play. Their defense was pretty steady, one of the top-run defenses in the league last year. You add him to the mix, or if Philly's able to get him and add him to their young football team, um, tell me how you see him being a viable part to a team, and could he be a factor on the team? I think he'd be, he can be a factor in just about any team because he's so versatile and he can so, do so many different things. And you sit here and you go, well, why is it that he hasn't commanded any real, you know, big time offers in free agency? And you have to look at it probably and say, hey, he's got some age on him. He doesn't have the greatest size uh, for the way he bangs around on defense. And so teams might be pretty reluctant as good as he is and everything with Kansas city. I mean, man, when they went to the super all those years and all, all they talked about was the tremendous leadership that he brought uh, to that defense in Kansas city. And I know he had a comment that he's heartbroken that he's not back with the chiefs and the chiefs went and spent the money on another player who's younger. And so, as you know, Dan, the, the league gets younger and younger and teams are always looking at that. And they're reluctant about guaranteeing a lot or play, paying big money to a guy that uh, could could have a you know possibility of getting injured as he gets older. And like I said, he's not that big a big a guy in terms of continuing to withstand the punishment you take as an NFL player. I want to take you to Jacksonville. You think when you look at Doug Peterson being hired there, you think he has the success enough where he could deliver a Super Bowl in that city, where it's been uh, obviously. Howard, one of the worst places, and it's been a, a, a coach killer, and it's been a quarterback killer in that city and in that in that football organization. Can he turn it around? I, you know, I, I think that I think he has the ability to to do it. I I think that certainly it's not going to happen overnight, but he he certainly has the quarterback uh, to build around in Trevor Lawrence, and so it all it all comes down to building that team around him so they can. You know, when when the games obviously that they need to win to be competitive uh, once again, and so they went out in free agency and spent a boatload of money. I thought they overpaid uh, for a bunch of guys, but they had the cap space and they figured, hey, we've got to make moves to make ourselves to make this team relevant. And so I think that with with the guys they have and to continue to build it, you know, they made some offensive line additions in the offseason. Now they got a top pick in the draft. Probably looks like they'll probably be going for another edge rusher. Uh, which is important, obviously, for any defense uh, to have. So I, I think they've got a better foundation than people realize, uh, but still most of it centers around protecting Trevor Lawrence and giving him the weapons and giving him the offensive players that you need 
to succeed. Right now, they're not in a tremendously tough division. Obviously, Tennessee's good. The Colts are good. Uh, but, you know, Houston, you wonder about them. So they've, they've got a chance to make a move. But I'll tell you, this AFC is loaded. I mean, that's the thing. You talk about a team making the Super Bowl in the AFC. I mean, look at, look at the quarterbacks. Look at the teams in this conference. I mean, heck, there as we saw this past year, there's good teams that aren't even in the playoffs, much less lasting in the postseason to get to the Super Bowl. But you know, I, I think he'll he'll I think he'll make that team better. They will improve. You know, little by I don't know, might, little by little, might be you know they might take big steps. Who knows? But that competition is going to make it tough for anybody in that conference to. Uh, you know, to play the level of the teams like Kansas City. And, I mean, heck, look at that AFC West. I mean, that's that that's a bear right now. And that's, you know, that's going to – that's tough for any team to really get traction uh, with all those teams and all those great quarterbacks in that division. couple last thoughts. H- Howard, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, Paul Zimmerman, you, and Chris Berman. Folks, people that are watching us and quite a few people do watch us here. And, Howard, I'm telling these folks here – he was the first person to do ESPN draft day. And I'm sitting in a bar with Boomer Esiason when he gets drafted instead of having those guys in New York back in the day like they do today and the production. It's three weeks this week that we're going to have the NFL draft. Yep. Howard, I always ask you this as we get closer to the draft, just to be part of the beginning of what people probably thought was a joke, they, broadcasting they, guys going in the fourth round – John from Eagle Creek University goes in the fourth. Now, this guy here has got a great wingspan, and he's got great upside. You three guys did that. Paul Zimmerman was before, you know, Peter King. He was like – he was the guy at yeah. SI that – I Paul was crouchy, but I loved him, and he was an encyclopedia when it came to covering football and the history of the game. Just your thoughts, man, just being part of – what we see today where now they're shopping it to cities and yeah, it's incredible what you guys started. It's, it is really amazing when you look back at it 42 years ago, I, I, I look at that and I always think of, this will be a funny one, but Warren Sapp, who, when I was talking to him at the uh, hall of fame a few years ago and interviewing him on uh, Sirius, And I said, man, you were, you were enshrined seven years ago. Man, that just shows how time flies, doesn't it? And he says, well, I always say, Howard, he said, days drag, years fly, and decades zoom. (laughs) And when I look back in that and say four decades ago is when ESPN televised the first draft in 1980. And like you said, people said, what in the world are you doing? Pete Rozelle said that when Chet Simmons, who was the president of ESPN at the time, they had just been on the air in September of 79. And they were just looking for anything to fill up programming hours. Chainsaw cutting, whatever. Long log, rolling. Log rolling. Yeah. When, when he approached Pete Rosell, the commissioner, and said, we'd like to televise the draft. And Rosell said to him, why in the world would you want to do that? So, yeah, pe- people just, you know, just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't believe it. And the other part of it was in those bare bones days, I mean, we didn't have all these highlights. They didn't even have college highlights because they didn't have college football then. And when they went on the air. And so it was basically a whole bunch of us just talking. Now, Grant, we didn't do that many rounds, as I recall. I think you did three. It might have been. It might have been. And Paul, Paul wasn't on that first year. The, the other analysts with me were Upton Bell and Vince Papali. And then in New York, it was Joe Thomas, uh, the, huh. 
the general manager who was who wasn't working for a team uh, that year. And those were the analysts. And it was just, you know, that we had there was there was two, you know, t- you know there was there, we had a, well, I was in Bristol at ESPN headquarters. Then they had a table in New York for that first draft. And that was basically it. They didn't have cameras in the other teams and the war rooms and all that. So it was just talking heads for the day. And I remember reading some stuff afterwards. And I remember like some of the TV writers say, man, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Dude, but but it, it, it went over legendary. well. And, and, and the way it's grown has just, just been just unbelievable. Absolutely. Finally here. Um, I had Bruce Arians on yesterday. Um, and I asked him if he thought, that Tom, I asked him, hey, did Tom Brady push you upstairs? He said, absolutely not. It's not true. Um, but he did say that if Brady had stayed retired, he would have coached again. Um, he would have coached the Bucks if Brady had stayed retired. Just give me your quick thoughts on this here where you thought how this thing worked out because it was pretty fishy and how the whole thing yeah, worked out. It, it totally was. And – I never totally bought the narrative. I mean, nothing would surprise me, but it just seemed a little far-fetched that that's, you know, that's what happened. And even if it was Bruce, Bruce would never admit it anyway. Uh, but, but I, when you, in terms of what he said, he, he, he didn't want to leave because he knew that whoever would get the job would be faced with who knows who the quarterback is going to be. And so the guy has been one of the, most out there, when I say out there, I mean progressive in terms of minority head coaches or minority assistant coaches, women as, as assistant coaches. He has pushed the envelope and has made people notice. And so when he says that with Brady back, this gave an op- now gives a really good opportunity for Todd Bowles to be the head coach of a team with a, with a great quarterback, which he obviously did not have with the Jets. And if you, you know, I always say, Dan, if I was an assistant coach taking a job with a team as a head coach for my first shot at it, my first question is who's going to be the quarterback? Because if you don't have one, you're not going to succeed. That's the bottom line. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, he's got Russell Wilson now in Denver and Vic Fangio and Vance Joseph they're all going, man, I wish I had Russell Wilson. I wish I had a quarterback when, when I was there. Our record would have been a whole lot better. And so that is so important. But I think that, you know what, this, this hasn't been talked about a lot. I think what Arians has done is also going to help Byron Leftwich, because as the offensive coordinator, he won't be viewed now, oh, well, you're just the, you know, the guy under Bruce Arians. Well, now he has an opportunity with a very good quarterback to show his chops and maybe get a little looked at a little harder in terms of becoming a head coach. So it, it was a little strange the way it all came down. But as he said, and you have to take him by his word until you know otherwise, he said next year probably would have been my last anyway. And so he just decided to do it. And I, I, I think it's a little, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of these narratives and scenarios that are pushed that are kind of created and then people start believing them. And it's just, it's just hard for me to imagine that, you know, Tom Brady is going to go, oh, I, I don't want Bruce Arians as my head coach. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, look what they've accomplished together in just two years. So kind of doesn't make – to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, hey, you never know in this league. Crazy things I know. Happen. Right. I mean, you're 23-10 and 10 with a Super Bowl, an NFC championship, and you're 5-1 and one in the postseason. I don't, I don't know. It sounds to me like success. And, by the way, like you said, Matt LaFleur – 
winning 39 games. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have that, what do you got? I mean, it's right. just, it's, it's, it's just crazy. You got, you got a pink slip probably in three years. Howard, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you, my friend. Always love it, Dan. Take care. Thank you, my friend. Hall of Fame voter, Sports Illustrated Zone, Howard Balzer. Please hit the like button. We'll reset. Hear what he said, too? Vince Papali. Did you know that was on the very first NFL draft coverage for ESPN? Had no idea he was on that. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You Eagle fans, man, or something else, man. Hey, maniac! You want to see my hands? Hey, dong! <laughs> it's so stupid, man. Sills is a closet eagle hater. Oh no, I hate how you do business. I despise how you do business. No, no. Here, what's that ass kisser's name? Let me see here. What's that guy's name? 
Xander, what's that dude's name that reported? Devon. Hey, if I got McLeod's name wrong, can I get Devon? Is it Devin or Devon Allen? Who's the guy that who's the guy that reported that story? Xander, what's that dude's name? What's his name? <laughs> respect the game. Yeah, all right. I don't respect ass kissers. Okay? Hey, man. He keeps. Hey, Howie, okay? Howie. No stone goes unturned. We're going to draft a guy who hasn't played ball in six years. And respect people who talk like that. I don't respect people who talk like that. Who who have to get accessibility to kiss someone's ass like that? I I do not, dude. You you can behind the scenes be a guy that respects the room and know how to conduct yourself, but putting public statements like that out, like they're soliloquies, and you're putting these little love letters out, or you're writing smoke signals. See how we I talk good about you publicly, dude. Just report it, Howie Roseman. You could report, why couldn't you do it like this? Hey, Howie Roseman wants to give a kid an opportunity who hasn't played in a bit, and it is Olympic high hurdler. Could it be somebody that they could find? Could it be somebody that they could add to the team? There's a way of doing it instead of going, Howie Roseman, okay? No stone goes unturned. He is one of the best ever. <laughs> what the? That, I do not respect that game. No, no. John McMullen, I respect. D-Gun, I respect. They don't talk like that. Okay? No. Those guys don't talk like that. Jody doesn't talk like that. They, those guys do not talk like that. Guys who have reputations to uphold. I couldn't. Hey, it's one thing to kiss someone's ass. It's another thing to kiss it publicly. You're going to make a big deal out of a guy who's a nobody? <laughs> okay? Yeah, get this. Those guys are getting paid big money from the organization. You're damn right. And they know how to conduct themselves. They make a hell of a lot more money and know how to deal with it better. Dude, you have your opinion. I don't have that opinion. I do not have that opinion. Good luck to you. Not making a big deal out of Devon Allen. It's not how I do it. <laughs> not at all. Oh, man. Big Chris goes, do you kiss Joy's ass? No, I do not. Joy didn't get the job with me because she kissed my ass. I told Joy Taylor flat out how she became somebody who worked with me as my producer. Don't kiss my ass. Do your job. You don't have to impress me. And how you impress me? You impress me by doing your gig. Okay, never in a million years. That's why my relationship with her is great to this day. You know, my wife told her who was my producer for 30 years, 20 years, excuse me. She came to my wife and she goes, how can I impress Dan? She goes, get him a guest. Get him a guest. And that's what Joy ended up doing. She got me Nick Saban. Coach Saban and I became friends when he was the head coach of the Dolphins. I'd go down to Dolphin Complex I'd sit there and Nick Saban would come over to me. He goes, how do you think we're, you want, you want to hear, here's the story. You'll, you'll like this one, Xander. 
So I'm sitting there and Saban goes, how do you think we're doing? I go, coach, how many assistant coaches do you have in your room? He, he knew immediately. He, he goes, we have 25 assistant coaches. You have 25 assistant coaches in the Dolphin organization? How do you get, how do you get anything done? And he went like this. Well, it's by design. By design. Do you know how many assistant coaches Bill Belichick has in his? 15. 14 to 15 people are in his office. They're all engaged, special teams, all that. That's how Belichick, Belichick doesn't have, and by the way, Saban has that now. There's not a lot of it. You ever see his, um, his assistant coaching table? When they're breaking down what they're going to do for a particular game on a Saturday or Friday night, you, you you should see and go on their Twitter page on how many coaches are around the table when they're having their Friday night talking about groupings and group settings. There's about 12 guys there. It's not 30 guys. Let's ask this guy. Let's ask that guy. Mike McCoy used to be the coach of the Chargers. This guy would be asking everybody, janitor. The guy who, like, took out the garbage. Hey, what do you make of this? And you're like, dude, what are you asking him for? Who gives a shit what that guy thinks? There's no clarity in it. Zero. By the way, giving a guy like Allen an opportunity, hey, I don't have a problem with it. But when you combine it with Zach Pascal and him, it looks weird. All kidding aside, you help – here, all kidding aside here, what have the Philadelphia Eagles done to help Jalen Hurts' 2022 season? Name me one thing. One thing. What, because they told him it's his job? Then they're bringing in Matt Corral this weekend. Give me one thing. One thing, one thing that they've done for Jalen. Spas says nothing at all. Name me one thing. All kid aside here. Okay? Tebow coming next. Okay, Chris, that's great. Bringing Kelsey back. They didn't pay him. Oh, okay, yeah, the 1.5. The 1.5, they're paying them. Okay. That's right. They've done nothing to help the kid. Yeah, and, and by the way, it's not hating on the Eagles, man. It's hating how they're doing business. And, dude, Xander, Xander called me on something. Oh, because I went down what everybody else was saying in Philly. And this is from Xander himself. Sills. Do you know there's $35 million of dead cap money on the Philadelphia Eagles cap space? I was like, what? He goes, yeah. So Howie's really getting credit for being a guy who manages money, and he's a, he's a great cap guy? How can you be a great cap guy when you're still paying money on a guy who hasn't been on a football team in three years? He's right. But that's the narrative that's in Philly. That's the narrative. That's my problem on how you cover the team. You're not telling the truth. 
you're not telling the truth. You still got Alshon Jeffries' money on the con. <laughs> that guy won't be on the team three years. And <laughs> they kicked his ass off the Look, that's why I started the show up by going, look, common sense tells you, you got a problem. So are you going to pay, are you going to pay Nick Boza in San Francisco or are you going to pay Debo Samuel? Are you going to pay Boza or Samuel? Knowing you don't have cap space for both. And the Garoppolo deal has hosed John Lynch to GM. You tell me. All right. We'll reset. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy Big Sales Hour number two. 
important do you think the signing of Stefan Diggs for, was for a guy like Josh Allen? How important do you think it was to get him that guy? And McDermott making sure that he had quality people. And by the way, they had a very limited running game also. They don't really have any guys up there. That, or I should say this, they have dudes up there. Kind of the same way the Eagles have dudes. Miles Sanders, some of these other guys they have, Boston. These guys are dudes. That's kind of what they have in Buffalo. Matt Hatter, big time, very important. 215, very Okay. And like I said in the last hour, and I was kidding in the last hour, but now let's get serious here. Devin Allen and, or Devon Allen and Zach Pascal does not help Jalen Hurts. And you know what? It even hurts. It hurts the evaluation on whether or not you think that guy is your guy. Then you're going to tell me, well, we're going to draft a wide receiver too. So you're going to go younger and more experienced. How's that help the kid? Give me something where that is, yeah, that's a plan. Look at what they're doing for Tua. You went out last year, and what you did was you got a kid of the future in Jalen Waddle. Then you brought in a kid who is maybe the greatest deep threat in NFL history. Okay. Those moves the last two years by the Dolphins, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Why do I feel better about the Miami Dolphins today than I did three months ago after they fired Brian Flores? I, I, I don't know. I feel, and then they got the tackle from the Saints. I don't know. I, I, I just, and they got an offensive-minded coach. They went from a defensive-minded coach to an offensive-minded coach. Why do I feel better about the Dolphins today than I did three months ago? Because they put talent on the team. Keith, they made moves. And Keith, they made moves that mattered toward the answer of the quarterback. Look, we can all say this. There's probably as many question marks on Tua Tagovailoa as there is on Jalen Hurts. Okay. But you're going to get more clarity in Miami than you are in Philly. Look at the lack of talent around him. And by the way, thank God that Jalen has benefited from being in a shit division. And now he's going to have one of the easiest schedules this year. Good for him. It's fool's gold, though, because it's not a contender. It's going to compete. The team will compete. But who... Who votes for competing? Hey, you know what? Hey, Forte, you know what's cool? You're right. If I was running a 4 by 100 relay, I'd feel pretty good about Allen signing. But I'm talking about running a marathon here with an NFL season, not really talking about sprints and high hurdles. You get more you get more clarity on what's going in Miami. All those moves were done to figure out if Tua is your dude. How about this? Watch this. Let's just let's just play along here with what they're doing with Chris Greer, their general manager. Say Tua's not the guy. Green Bay wants to move off of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know about you, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, there's two places I'm looking at next year. You know what they are? I'm looking at the Bucks. 
and I'm looking at Miami. The Bucs are going to have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as wide receivers and a pretty damn good old line and a pretty fair defense. And you got a defensive-minded coach in Todd Bowles. I probably think Leftwich will get a job. So it's going to be Rodgers in there with a new coordinator. He probably could even maybe even pick and bring one of his guys into Tampa so that they could be all on the same page. Tampa makes sense. Rodgers goes down to Miami or Tampa. He's got a loaded team. See, Rodgers is not going to lose. Because you know why? At the end of the day, somebody will want that talent. If Green Bay wants to do the idiotic thing by moving off that guy and doesn't want that guy in the building and they want to move the contract and they want to move the player, I'll take him in Tampa or in Miami. Two is not the guy. Bucks are going to need a quarterback next year. Aaron Rodgers could sit down there for two years in Tampa, take over for Brady. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Hey, you could say F Tampa, but Tampa's got skilled people. You don't. Yeah, but if you had a quarterback in... Dude, this is third year we're doing this. Same conversation every day. Two of the guy. Why aren't they doing enough? Who's in the draft? Here, watch this. I feel like I'm on Undisputed or some of those lame-ass shows on FS1. Here's talking points. Here's Philly talking points. Is Jalen the guy? Why isn't Howie doing enough? And the draft. Well, let's answer him right now again. Is Jalen the guy? <laughs> I can't answer that because they don't have enough talent around him. But they got a good old line. I don't care. I, I don't care. I'm talking about his skill set guys and his wide receivers. You see, this team is set up for Tom Brady to come in here and be a success. Because Brady will make them younger guys better. Because Brady's a pro quarterback. Jalen's not. Jalen needs what's in my hand. Here, good point. If you put Jalen Hurts in Miami, what's the record in the AFC? What's the record? What's the record with Jalen Hurts in Miami with Jalen Waddle, who he knows, and Tyree Kill? Vasselli, you don't suck. You're going to win games this year, Vasselli. Thank God the NFC is in the position and in the shape there are. Smile says they're three. You think the Dolphins are three and four with Jalen down there? Mad Hatter, 10 and seven? You don't think, you think only a one game improvement? D Train says that two is a better passer. Than Hertz. D train, do you mean that he's more accurate than Hertz? Does he read deep? That's a good point. Xander knows this. That's a good. Let's do this. Tua Hertz. Who's more accurate? 
I say two is Xander goes like this, two and not close. I'm gonna go with Xander on this one. Okay. Durability. That's Jalen. Got to be out there. And two has been in and out. Even back there was days at Alabama. That's a no-brainer too. Who is a better reader of defenses? Who can read defenses better? I'm going to say Tua. Who's a more accurate deep throw passer? That's not really Tua's game. Deep throws. You know? And Jalen doesn't really impress me as a deep thrower. Keith says neither is. So Tua's a better quarterback? And the only issue he struggles with is durability. He's a better progression reader. He's more accurate. He's just got to be on the field. And here's where Jalen makes it closer. You ready? Who's more of a student of the game? I think it's Jalen Hurts. I think that's the one thing that keeps Jalen Hurts in contention for that Eagle job is because this guy knows that he's more of a student of the game. I don't know, Jeremiah. I've heard Tua say that he wasn't prepared his first year when they put him in, and he didn't do a good enough job at the studying that he needed to do and enough film work. I actually heard him say that, and I was kind of shocked, especially since he came out of that school that prepares you like no other business. There's only one other team, in my opinion, that prepares you for a football game that's in the same conversation with Alabama. You know who that is? The New England Patriots. The Patriots are the only team that I think does the situational preparation that you see in Alabama in the NFL in New England. If you were to look at it, I would say that those two coaches are carbon copies of how they prepare their football teams. You know, I asked this a long time ago. I'll ask it again to you guys. Who do you think has had more impact in football? Belichick or Saban? That dynamic's changed. By the way, Saban hasn't, not Saban, excuse me, Belichick hasn't won a playoff game in three years. Can't have both, Danny. Pick one. Let's have some clarity. Danny, it's true. Saban and Belichick are friends. When uh, Belichick got the Cleveland job, his first hire was Nick Saban. Baselli, Saban. Saban, he changed the game. Easy Money said the Eagles are going to excel when they upgrade the quarterback in 2023. Nutt says Bill. Smile says Saban did it at Michigan State. 
To some extent, he did. He turned it back around again. I believe he took over for George Perlis. If I'm not mistaken, I thought it was George Perlis. He took over, and Michigan State went back to winning again. LSU, he won a national championship there, and there was no question. LSU, think about what he did for two SEC programs. He poured the cement at LSU for them to be LSU today. Because when I was younger, I got recruited to LSU. LSU was an eight-win ball team. They were kind of in the middle of the pack in the Southeastern Conference before Saban showed up. And after Saban showed up at Baton Rouge, he changed that whole dynamic. He opened up all kinds of recruiting lanes for people to go and find kids because everybody knew that in the state of Louisiana, there are superstar players in the state of Louisiana. And Alabama, there's good players at Alabama, but they got to go to Florida and Georgia to get their kids too. It's not the same talent pool that they have in in, in Louisiana. Louisiana has more of a talent pool. Alabama, if you look at their roster, just look at it. Common sense tells you it's not just Bama. There's Bama kids. I'm not suggesting. They don't have a good talent pool there, but it's not like Louisiana. Majority of those kids on LSU are from LSU or from Louisiana. Bama's got to go to Georgia. They've got to go to Mississippi. They go definitely down to Florida. And they pull those kids out of that region in there. And all those kids, you look at their roster, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, Carolinas. They'll go up that whole coast there. And they'll sporadically get a kid from Texas, California, something like that. A lot of the skilled kids now from around the country that are wide receivers. I was telling Xander this. Hoss, when I was a kid, nobody went to Alabama that was a quarterback or wide receiver. Nobody. Now, it's a premier destination to go. So that's why you're seeing kids in Ohio, Southern California, Northern California, Northeast, kids like that, Midwest, going to Alabama because they're getting the best coaching too. You get rid of Steve Sarkeesian, think of this. They turn around and they get a coach who had a winning record as a head coach in the NFL who did a great job at Penn State, Bill O'Brien, as your coordinator. I thought he didn't have the same connection this past season. I thought their offense was a little helter-skelter, Alabama's. But Bill O'Brien's a heck of a coach and was probably up for a bunch of NFL jobs. Bill's a good head coach. He's just not a very good general manager. That's why when people are talking about, okay, when when, when, when you're talking about guys that, come out of the draft and you're looking at these Bama wide receivers here and you're looking at these kids, Jamison Williams, 6'2", 189. You draft that because you know why? He's skilled. He knows how to run routes. And most importantly, you know what he does? He's smart. He's going to walk into an offense and he's going to pick up a playbook and he's going to understand what they're asking him to do because he's been skilled by NFL and some of the best assistant coaches in the country. See, to me, when I'm recruiting somebody, you see the names on this list here that we guys know this. You know, the one thing that many of you don't bring up. Some of you do, and you don't know it. When you're looking at a player to eventually join the Eagles. 
This is what made Josh Allen so weird and why everybody was suspect. Josh Allen got shitty coaching his whole life. That's why nobody was really high on him. And they went like this. Well, I don't know. Wyoming? He, never, he barely had a 500 record if he did. The current head coach doesn't have a 500 record. And I'm supposed to believe he got good coaching? He got shitty coaching. The best coaching Josh Allen has had is in Buffalo. Danny, the quarterbacks are trash, but they're skilled guys, running backs, wide receivers at Ohio State, O-linemen. How about edge rushers? Dude, right? Chase Young, the Bozas. Uh, Cam Hayward is an Ohio State guy, the kid that plays at Pittsburgh. Look at all those superstar players that they have at every other position outside of the quarterback. That's why if I don't get C.J. Stroud next year and he goes on to become an NFL superstar, more power to that kid. He'll be the very first guy in the history of the program, but I'm not taking my gambles with that. That's why when I take a wide receiver out of Alabama, the odds are with me that he's got the best coaching he played against the best competition, and he's going to have the best chance of success. That's where I get my – how I look at a kid. How was he coached in college? Was he a five-star kid? Or was he a three-star kid that became a five-star prospect when he left because of the coaching he got? That's your part of your evaluation. So when you look at all these names and you guys are throwing names out, and you're talking to me about a guy, like, say, from Minnesota. How good a coaching did he get? Is he just an athlete? Does he know how to play the position? Has he been skilled by some of the best coaches? Some will go, yeah, but still, that means you're not looking at guys like Jerry Rice. You're right. Okay? I may, I may miss on Jerry Rice. But I'm going to turn around and if I draft a kid from LSU, I'm not going to be wrong about Jefferson. I'm not going to be wrong about Odell Beckham. I'm not going to be wrong about Michael Thomas. I'm not going to be wrong about Mike Williams. I'm not going to be wrong if I don't draft Jerry Rice in the first round for Mississippi Valley State. I'm looking to be successful in the draft, guys. And the Philadelphia Eagles in the last four years are the worst drafting team in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. You know why? Because they don't look at how the kids were educated on the game of football. When you're not coached by good people, that's why every time I bring up the quarterback position, Xander goes like this. Sills, good quarterback. Devontae's a 1,200-yard receiver. He's right. You put Devontae in the Liberty offense with an RPO guy, he's a 900-yard receiver. Okay? That's Allen. Is, is that Riley Cooper? 
Hang on. Who is that Riley Cooper? Who is this? Xander, is that you? <laughs> this looks like Xander. That's that's Allen. He's the ball boy. I can't go on. Wait a minute. I'm going to do something here that Xander used to hear. I got nothing. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles have just signed Xander. (laughs) That kid looks like Xander. He weighs 130 pounds. And I think he eats whale nuts like 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 Xander does, man. <clears throat> Xander eats all these like like goat's balls and stuff and like testosterone and such. And I don't know, he eats all this like really weird food. Like Brady. He has a diet like Brady. Avocado ice cream and oh <laughs> I signed the ball boy. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. I'm going to show more professionalism than this because I'm not – Xander got a little upset and everybody about the guy who broke the news. You made a big deal of that guy? Oh, my God. Holy shit. Can I see this kid again, man? Here's your new – here's Xander. There, there he is. Xander Krause, new member of the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiving core. Oh man, yeah, Xander's gonna be moonlighting as a um, as an eagle, and he's gonna be doing our show from three to six. <laughs> oh man, hey, no, it's not a joke, dude. Oh wait, the signing—I don't know, man. You know, give the kid a chance. Holy cow, man! I, right, I thought it was a FedEx dude too, man. <clears throat> Either that. I thought it was a hungry Howie's guy, you know, bringing grub in. <clears throat> Excuse me, is this yours? <laughs> Pizza Hut guy. <laughs> is that the Pizza Hut guy? He got fritters in there. <laughs> oh, oh my God, <laughs> this is not real. <laughs> oh my God, a Toyota. Hey, he's a Toyota employee. Hey, the Camry's great. Trust me. Unbelievable. You got to try to Camry. He's an Uber driver after practice. He picks up Howie and takes Howie to and from the stadium. Holy cow. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, my God. This guy, hey, this guy works at Office Depot. Hey, staplers are on aisle seven. Right next to the protractors. Yeah, you'll see them. They're right down there. Yeah. Guy's an office depot guy. Hey, Jeff, I need to start eating edibles as we get closer to your draft. Because I will not get anything right. Hey, by the way, I'm going to tell you guys flat out. The chances of me saying and doing anything right for the upcoming NFL draft are slim. 
after what I've been watching over the last two weeks here with Zach Pascal and this kid, Allen, just, I have no idea what I'm talking about. None. No way. <sighs> Ralph, what wideout do you want to see the birds draft? I'll take the kid from Arkansas because it reminds me of Debo Samuel. I'll take him. If you're going to at least get this, you know why you're safe with Can I tell you why you're safe with him? Why? By, by the way, Jamison Williams is a horrible pick for the Eagles. He doesn't fit. It's the same thing you did a year ago. He doesn't fit. You don't have the quarterback for those two dudes. He doesn't. He's not a bad player. He's a first rounder. He's going to. Jamison Williams goes to the Rams. He's a 1,300-yard guy. Devontae Smith goes to the Rams. He's a 1,300-yard guy. He goes to the Eagles. He's a six, what was he, 68 catches, 900 yards, 78 catches, 900 yards. That's the best you're going to see Devontae Smith in Philly. You know why? That's what your history says. So wait a minute here. Devontae Smith is going to change your history. Him with jail. Dude, you don't have Donovan McNabb throwing the ball to him. If McNabb's your quarterback, McNabb's a 4,000-yard passer, but that kid's a 1,300-yard receiver. Yes. Yes. Okay? Bro, you've got to have skilled people to move the sticks. You've got to have skilled guys. I said this today. By the way, I want to hit on that. We're going to take a timeout. I've changed my complete opinion on what the team needs. And you tell me if I'm totally wrong or right here. I'll listen to you guys. You guys are better than me at this thing here, obviously. You tell me. The top three positions going into the draft that you would address. I want to hit on that, okay? Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. By the way, Philly, we may have to have a weekly segment with you, dude. We may have to have a weekly segment, okay? Okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we have to blame Davin, Devon. Well, since, hey, dude, he's a white guy, so it's got to be Devin. <laughs> Philly, dude, we got to get you on next week, man. We'll get you on next week, I swear, dude. Hey, listen here, man. Hey, Philly, I want I want you to know something, man. Philly, you here with me? Are you ready, Philly? Ladies and gentlemen, starting lineup for your Philadelphia Eagles 2022. At one wide receiver, he is a former Heisman Trophy winner. Devontae Smith, Smith. At the other wide receiver, he is a bona fide future star, ranked 94th by Pro Football Focus as one of the top 100 wide receivers in the NFL. Zach Uri. Pascal, Pascal, your other wide receiver, an Olympian from Oregon. He is a duck, and by night, he is a man that works at Home Depot, and he's an Uber Eats guy, Devin Allen, Allen, at tight end. You have a guy that I think will be a fine wide receiver one day, slash tight end. Dallas, I drop every third pass, Goddard. Thank you. At quarterback from Alabama, slash Oklahoma, slash number one in your heart, 
who lost his gig at Alabama and went to Oklahoma to become a fine quarterback in the Big 12. They don't play defense there, but who's counting? Jalen Hurts. Hurts your mind. Hurts. Your running back, who is a fine player when healthy, Miles Sanders. Sanders. So your starting lineup for your Eagles huddle in the 2022 season is Zachary Pascal, Devon, Devin, yeah, Allen, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, and Jalen Hurts. Those are the men that will represent the fine city of Philadelphia. Congratulations. Good luck, men. It's not quite Merrill Reese, but pretty accurate. <laughs> so you're saying we'll put up 30 points. Oh, let everyone know. My prognostication on what I'd see with this Philadelphia Eagle offense will harken back to the days when you were throwing to Harold Carmichael, Mike Quick, Wilbur Montgomery, and the legendary leaders of Bill Berge and Big Hands Johnson. We're going back to tough Philly ball. Guy says we'll be lucky to win five games. <laughs> Holy, oh, but on, man. Woo! Duck goes Brady can win with that. Yeah, I believe it. And the man who will be one of the fine mascots and says that this team will do well, Justin Bieber. I don't know why I said that. I have no idea. Seals, if you were in the Eagles, what would your next move be? I'd go get Debo Samuel from the 49ers because they got to pay. Hey, how about this? The 49ers are going to lose one or the other. Nick Boza or Debo Samuel. Who do you want? <laughs> you looked, you took an edible too soon. No, dude. What happened was I got stuff in my eyes yesterday because I sit I sit around the pool and watch TV a little, little bit. And no, no, no. Plus, it's hot as Hades. Who would you love, man? Because, hey, get this, Philly. They can't afford Debo Samuel and Nick Bose. And Nick Bose is going into the final year of his contract. And Debo Samuel has scrubbed his social media pages and said he doesn't want to be a 49er until they restructure his contract because he sees what the guy in Miami and the guy in Buffalo got and the guy with the Raiders got. So wait a minute. Watch this. Does Debo Samuel belong in the same conversation as Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and Devontae Adams? You bet your ass he does. Debo Samuel should be making $25 million a year, too. But they can't afford that, and the 49ers will not pay that. They're, here's the thing that's killing the Niners. Garoppolo's injury. They couldn't move him and get him off the cap. 
So they're stuck with that dude until he gets healthy. But in the process, they're pissing off one of their top offensive players. Debo over DK, you think? Steve, the problem with getting a Jabo, you're going to draft a guy that's hurt. You're going to gamble that much with a premium pick in the second or third round. And he's a project at best right now, too. Don't you have a problem with only 15 games of that guy's career that you're going to go on that you think that that kid who got killed in the semifinal game by Georgia, you're going to put a premium pick on a guy that's injured with a football team, according to Pro Football Focus, over the last four years has been the worst drafting team in the NFL. Look it up. I posted it on my Twitter. Pro Football Focus says the Eagles are the worst, and now you've got the most assets. I don't know if that's a good thing now. A job was falling to the late second. Okay, so a job falls to the late second. Hoss, here's what I think you need. You need a wide receiver in that building. I told you yesterday. Philly, maybe you agree with me. The three positions, I don't think you were here, uh, Philly. But the three positions you have to pay big money at are quarterback, wide receiver, and pass rusher. And I agree. With Barrett, you have to have a left tackle to protect that quarterback. Okay? I do. I think you have to consistently have that left tackle position addressed. Look how hard it is to build a team today. Because of salary cap reasons and issues, look how hard it is to keep. And that's what the – and you know what? Isn't it kind of crazy? Okay? Just do this. The one thing the Rams are good at – now, they've lost that kid who played like 20 years with their – what is his name? Whitworth, the offensive tackle that protected uh, Stafford. You know this. I guarantee you the Rams go in the draft. Oh, they that's right. I don't know how many draft choices they do have, but they're going to – the draft choices they do have, they're going to take an old lineman. And you know what's pretty smart about that? They know that they could probably get a pretty good old lineman in rounds three, four, five, somewhere in there that could come in and play right away. They probably already know that. That's why they'll go in the second round and get an old lineman. They've got their premium guys because they get them in free agency. Allen Robinson, you're going to get Odell Beckham back in November. And you got Cooper Cup, and you got your quarterback, and you got your pass rusher. All the rest of those guys, they've realized that Les Snead and Kevin Demoff have realized every one of those other guys are interchangeable parts. Linebackers, some would say. Even in the D-line, that's not a great defense, the Rams, but they're great at rushing the passer. They're great at rushing the passer. Just saying, guys. End of the day here, those three premium positions. And the Eagles pay nothing on those positions. They pay nothing on them. Quarterback makes one five. Wide receiver makes 895. Pass rusher, you don't have one. It's a cheap team. 
hey, well, Philly, they have that addressed. Their old line is pretty stout. But even when you have the number one rushing offense, it got you nowhere in the postseason because you couldn't throw yourself out of trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, aisle seven. Yes, aisle seven. Condiments. Yes. The Heinz ketchup. De- Devin. Heinz ketchup. 359. Thank you. What? Excuse me. I'm sorry. Wait, we're getting paged. Uber Eats is at the front door. Devin, Devin's at the okay, Devin, I'll be right down. By the way, I put my tip on the portal. How you doing? You ready? Okay, Devin, I'll be right down. <laughs> Over the intercom. 215. Hey, Devin. Just put the food out front, man. There's a camera out there too, so don't steal anything. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, take it. Hey, wait a minute. Look at Philly. That's a smart dude right there. He came on today, and I've been barking this all week. Look at Philly. Look at that. Gee, Philly, right on. I've been saying that all week. How can you have a guy on a rookie contract and not take advantage of it by bringing other positions in, even on defense? If you watch this, I'll tell you what, Philly, if they sign Honey Badger to a pretty significant deal, and say they sign Stefan Gilmore to the other corner on the other side of Slay, then you're going to go like this. And then guess what Sills will have to do? Whoa. Be backpedaling. I'll be backpedaling. Hey, they got Honey Badger. Hey, they got Stefan Gilmore. I will have no problem doing that. You get Hassan Riddick, Stefan Gilmore, and you get Honey Badger on your defense, you've done significant things. Significant. Okay? Significant. Xander keeps bringing that one up, though, man. You got 30 million bucks of dead cap dog on there. You still got Alcyon Jeffries deal. Hey, Hey, Philly. Xander pointed this out to me. Last two years, get this. The Eagles will pay $11 million still owed on the Alshon Jeffries contract to their cap. Oof. You haven't had a guy three years on your team. Yeah, I see Xander's point. That 35 dead cap money, that's your future quarter, that's your future quarterback. Because you're gonna have to pay 30 somewhere. You're gonna eventually. I'm not paying Jalen Hurts 30 million dollars. I can tell you that. That ain't working, bro. Steve, we're gonna get we're gonna get his ass on. Hook him, hook. Philly, let's see if you can come on next Tuesday. They don't believe that Hurts is the guy. Seth, thank you, brother. Philly, work it with Xander. See if you can come on next Tuesday after Gary Cobb on Monday. Philly says that's crazy. 
I blame that on the fact that how he misses on so many. Hey, Philly, I don't know if you heard this. Do you know that the Eagles, according to Pro Football Focus, is the worst percentage on drafting? I got it on my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show. They're the worst team in the last four years drafting in the NFL draft. Not counting this last draft. Going it last year was pretty good, actually. Oh, wait, Maniac. Um, can we have customer service, please? Customer service. Devin Allen to customer service. Devin Allen. We have a cleanup. We have Similac that spilled on the floor. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, over in the pharmacia, please. Devin Allen. Yes, clean up. A bottle of Similac fell on the floor. Please clean up. Thank you. Hey, can I see that? Hey, can I see that picture again of this kid, man? It's going to make me feel good going into the weekend, man. Oh, man. Hey, seriously, this guy looks like Xander. No. <laughs> oh. The Xander don't even want to show it to you anymore. <laughs> like a hands model. <laughs> a kid looks like a hands model. <laughs> hey, that pick he said is never going to go on his channel ever again. Who are you? I'm Devin Allen. I'm a hands model. <laughs> 13b yes yes devin we need we need more um baby wipes thank you oh yeah no and that's right kaiser sosa too who was drafted no he was signed they signed kaiser sosa i forgot about the kid from the chargers <laughs> vaselli goes the photo depresses me silly oh so they only <laughs> oh man kurt warner okay so, so wait a minute like this watch so it's like like um i'm interviewing him so devon regards what have you been doing the last six years well i've been chasing my olympic dream and then i just decided i better Watch his kid come in and be a 1,200-yard receiver. Silly <laughs> Watch this guy come in here and be somebody like, who's this dude? And he turns out to be like Antonio Gates, right? Remember, nobody knew who Antonio Gates was. Guy played basketball, right? Antonio Gates was like some sort of basketball player. What was he, Cleveland State or something like that? And Marty Schottenheimer goes, eh, why don't you try out? Guy goes into – he's going to go into the Hall of Fame when his time comes up, right? Antonio Antonio Gates is going to go to the Hall of Fame. He never played a lick of football in college. And, and then, yeah, you know, he said, look, look, I gave you some positive. Whew. Yes. Oh, thank you very much. Modify wipes. Wipes, wipes. Yes. Aisle 8A. Thank you. Yes. 
Yes, A and P. All applications for the A and P. We still have A and P's. I don't even know if we have A and P's anymore. Do we have A and P's? A and P's were a big thing in New England. I don't know. Do we have A and P's anymore? It's like a grocery store. Oh, better yet, he works at Stu Leonard's. <laughs> Guy just got a job. <laughs> Who's the new manager of the Stu Leonard's? Yeah, the guy who just got signed by the Eagles. Guy was there five years. Hell of a guy. Tell you what, he knew how to put a spreadsheet together. <laughs> well, hey, Cilios, if I was close, I'd whack you for flame. Okay, wait a Whoa. Look at, see, Chris is a tip. Piggly Wiggly? That's more West Coast, I thought. They're on the East Coast, too, Piggly Wiggly? Holy cow, I'm like Miss Daisy. Piggly Wiggly? Hang on, Chris. Well, you'll get your chance at Oceans. No, 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 you're right. I shouldn't hit on and bag on who they got in the huddle now. Oh, wait, I don't want to go back and insult anybody because people get upset when I do that. Here, I'll do it. Man, you see that offensive firepower the Eagles have? Devon Allen? Yeah. Zach Paschal. Love Devontae, former Heisman winner. Yeah. Mm. 13 wins. <laughs> it's a 13-win season. Philly. <laughs> oh, man. Can I make this point to you? The Alabama Crimson Tide have more skilled people this year in 2022 than the Eagles do in their huddle. I don't think the wide receivers in Philadelphia outside of Devontae could make the Alabama starting 11. Not one of those wide receivers could start at Alabama. That's all you need to know. Not one of them, except, except Devontae. He's the only one that could start at Alabama. Or how about the, this last year with Ohio State? You think any one of those wideouts? Again, Smith could start at any college because he's a star. He's a future star if you get the right guy. But you don't have a guy in your offensive huddle that could start at Alabama. Quez, you know what Saban would be saying? Quez, you better uh, contact somebody at Tennessee because <laughs> I think you're playing time, son. <laughs> you, 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 here, I'm going to make a call to Lane for you. <laughs> By the way, I don't care if you stay in the SEC. Philly goes like this. I don't think the fact that they don't upgrade the offense is telling us that they don't. Uh, completely, man. Philly, look what they did in Miami. Look at the contract they gave. Look, look at what they did. Get, by the way, so on the other side of Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro had 104 catches last year. Now you bring in a guy in Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro with Derek Carr in Las Vegas. That is how you do it. 
that is how you kick ass. That was some pitcher. Guy's at my front door right now. Uber Eats. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like the FedEx guy. (laughs) Package. Are you a FedEx guy? How is he expecting a package? No, I'm the guy that they signed. What? (laughs) Who are you? Yeah. I'm the guy to be named. I'm I'm the the guy to be named later. (laughs) Yeah. Phillies won. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Monday, back at the middle. Gary Cobb will be with us. My boy, Philly's going to join us on Tuesday, man. He said he's all good for that. All right, man. You guys were a lot of fun today. Having a lot of fun. All good, man. Don't take things too serious in life. We're all good. Appreciate everybody. Hey, share the show, like the show. We appreciate everybody so much, man. Higher protection. Shut up, Chris. (laughs) I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a spectacular weekend. We'll see you on the flip side.